wrestling reference there for Tim. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm actually here. <laughs> and I can't see Steve. And this is Fools with Tools. Uh, 100! Hey! Yeah. Uh, nice of you to join us, Steve, for our 100th episode. On a scale of one to a hundred. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm still here. I just wanted to pause to see how long you two would wait for. Uh, <laughs> a podcast for the enthusiastic evolutionist. Um, yes, as you may have guessed, uh, I am experiencing some technical difficulties. I'm looking after my mom and dad's house and their internet is shit. So uh, I've had to turn off my video, uh, which means that I get to look at these two lovely fucks. Uh, but mean. they can't see me. So, uh, people with video, what have you been up to this week? Al, you go. I have been down to France to see said Steve. I could actually see Steve. I, hey. I can't see him on a, on an internet, but I can drive the length of the country to see him. Um, for Yandels, which is at the weekend, which is fantastic. Um, so... Yandel's being the kind of origin story of of my my tale in this in this foolish endeavour. Um, it's where Ooh. I first met Steve um, two years ago. So pretty much two years ago to to this week, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I had an Instagram memory today oh. of of two years ago of you in the forge at the anvil. Nice. Um. Yeah, so went down to Yandel's, uh, so it's my third time there, um, and this year Dan wanted us, wanted us to be a little bit more involved as well, um, so he kind of put on a little maker's corner, Soph was there with a really nice stand making her little um, junk robots, uh, which was quite funny on the first day because it was a Friday, so obviously there's no kids <laughs> being a school day, so... It was up to us to all make robots. <laughs> so there was a lot of adult robots, most of them with testicles and other funny appendages. Um, and, yeah, it was great. Uh, and it was nice to see this kind of – this show evolve from uh, a, a real kind of woodworking, really specifically wood-turning show, pretty much similar to Maker Central, actually. You know, something that started off with particular passions of people but then has, has changed over the years to suit the needs of other people as well so um there was there's was one comment of of, of a, a couple that were there and it was oh normally when it got to the handles you know um my husband leaves me in the car or my husband leaves me at home or my husband you know ships me off into the village but this year i wanted to come and it was great to see a lot more women there a lot more kids there and a lot more things beyond just wood turning um so it was, it's becoming much more of a an overall craft show and hobby show it was great to see um, lots of different things going on, and the show grow as well. It's the busiest I've seen it in three years. Um, I'm not sure about the exact numbers, but it was just a really nice atmosphere, really nice weekend. Um, lots of cider and sausages, the usual. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but nice, nice long weekend. That's what I got to. Hooray! Lovely. Brett, what about you? We had blacksmithing weekend class situation uh we had cliff dufton john from sunset forge i can't pronounce his last name and uh john zach <laughs> john fun um 
and Zach from ZH Fabrications, and it was a like intro slash intermediate blacksmithing course. They made um, a set of punches and tools, like small handheld tools and stuff, uh, chisels and whatnots. And then uh, the second day, everyone made a pair of tongs. So everyone walked away with your your general needs for for starting the forging. Um, it was really good. It was a, it was a really dedicated class in terms of when everyone got started, there was just not a lot of discussion. It was just a lot of grabbing things for people and making sure they had the tools that they need and everyone just cruised, which was great. And having three teachers was brilliant (laughs) because everyone was catered to and they worked really, really hard. Um, John John was a bit questionable on whether or not he was even going to be able to come. And that dude is an absolute machine. He's also gigantic and (laughs) had an 11 pound sledgehammer that he was using. (laughs) And it was terrifying. He's a large (laughs) man. He's a bit intimidating, but he also has like the best sense of humor out of most of the people I've met. Uh, After that was done, I spent yesterday doing, uh, a lot of cleanup because the next class that we have is knife making, which is a stock removal. It's no forging. Um, we might do a little bit just for playtime, but that is two weeks from now. So between now and then, it's just a lot of, of prepping and making sure that everything's ready for the next couple of classes because everything seems to be kind of back to back. We've got knife making, and then I'm gone a week later. Ooh. And then, oh, easy. Uh, yeah, Chris Cash. I'll, I'll miss Chris Cash's class, which Steve confirm. I miss Chris Cash. Yes, yes. Uh, Steve will be there and and helping and involved, which is awesome. Thank you. Yay! They're gonna switch me out as the assistant for somebody that's way better than me. So <laughs> seems like a win win for everybody. Uh, and then it's Blackthorn Maker Camp, and then uh. Alex and you teaching the axe making. Yes. It's going to be yeah. a busy couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm well excited. And that, I think that's about it. Just a lot of logistics. Class was good. Everybody seemed to have a good time. Yeah. I'm quite tired moving anvils and whatnot. I don't know <laughs> how you do it. I don't know how you do it as often as you do, Steve. I'm completely, <laughs> completely zapped. Yeah. Well, I, uh, that's such a bad photo um so i've just seen the picture that i've just been sent of what's currently on al's screen uh what have i been up to other than uh no one asked you (laughs) other than the aforementioned yandel's show um which was fantastic (laughs) it was really good fun um what are you even laughing at now (laughs) just everything uh yeah other than the andal show um uh we've been getting ready for the last course uh no for the last uh festival of the season um we had another course uh on the saturday of the andal show so i got to miss well i unfortunately missed um a load of uh other people turning up on the saturday for the show um which kind of sucked a little bit but i got to see a few of them uh afterwards at kind of like a bit of a meetup we had um and 
Go on, Steve. Oh, so, <laughs> I think you meant wait a tick as in like my intro. Yeah. Steve's defense. All yeah. right, easy. Keep going, Steve. Come on. Uh, I'm not going to edit this out. This is fine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we had the, the class. It was a Blade in a Day class. It was really good fun. Um, a few people from the Fools with Tools group uh, were in attendance. Um, and then this week, it's just been mad rush to kind of make stock get everything ready for the uh for the festival um we sorted everything out today so tomorrow is get up early get the van loaded and get up there uh but as you might be able to tell by the sound of my voice uh we did loads of cleanup today and i wasn't wearing a dust mask so now i feel and sound like i have the worst cold ever but hopefully it'll be gone in the morning sorry what's a dust mask uh, it's a mask made of dust. Oh, sounds yes. irritating. It is almost as irritating as you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so this is episode <laughs> 100. <laughs> uh, we started this a... What? The fuck are you laughing at? <laughs> There's see. too much going on behind the scenes. Get it going, Steve. Here we go. Steve, uh, Steve, 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 Steve. Uh, yes, so this is episode 100. Um, it so that means it's been 100 episodes since we started. That's that's how this works. Uh, so yeah, we were just going to talk about uh, how everything's changed from then through until now, uh, both with the show and with ourselves, uh, how our attitudes, interests, and everything, internet connections. Yeah, I'm just trying to get through this. <laughs> Gotta get through this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were just going to talk about how the podcast has evolved, not changed, evolved. Um, things that we're doing now that we wouldn't do before, both individually and on the show. Um, and yeah, basically just just talk about how how we we ourselves and we as a collective have evolved. Um, so I don't know whether it's worth just doing a quick little background for those of you that joined late in the, uh, in the running of this. Um, originally the show was started by me and another guy called Rob Huns, um, who, yeah, who you will hear every week when we do the spiffing bit. Uh, that's him singing the, I'd say singing, saying, Singing. jingle. Um, High school's got away with it for about 10 years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, he is unfortunately no longer active um, within the maker community, but he's doing music now and it's very, very cool. Uh, but yeah, we, we originally kind of started this just as a uh, kind of... At the time, I didn't know Makers International existed, so the only uh, maker podcasts that I'd been... Um, uh, made aware of were all very very uh like us based um so we just kind of wanted to start something that was a bit more from a, a uk and europe sort of perspective and uh it it was going to be about like two guys uh going from having no real experience in the maker community up through to whatever that ended up being um and uh, I think it was about like uh, I think it was even before episode ten that Rob 
left. We got basically we got Al on a, as a guest, and then Rob decided that he didn't want to do it anymore because <laughs> Al came back. And the, the two things were, <laughs> yeah. So we got we got Al on. Um, then Rob left. Uh, no, sorry, we got Al on. Then we invited Al to come back as like a permanent guest. Uh, a pest. <laughs> a pest. A permanent <laughs> pest. Uh, but then uh, Rob left. Then we got Brett on as a guest. I think episode thirteen. Yes. Uh, and then we decided that we wanted to keep Brett around because he's <laughs> fun to make fun of. Um, That's interesting. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then kind of the shows got better and better. Uh, Has it? Except, except for like the. Quality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's it it's got something. Um it sure is something. <laughs> but yeah, so that's kind of like where like a very brief history of Fools with Tools. Um so yeah, that that was kind of it. Uh I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on like well, that segues very game. nicely into what we were going to talk about which is evolution wait hold on did we do that part <laughs> i didn't hear you say segue so I... have we done that yet yes so we've, we've evolved to the point where brett now does the segues ah okay hello and welcome so cool okay right basically <laughs> so al you tell me how do you think you have evolved, or if you want to make it more about the show, or both? Porque no los dos. Um, how do you think things have changed or evolved with you over the last what hundred episodes, or at least as long as that's been going on while we've been doing the podcast? It's been a couple of years since you started the YouTube thing. Yeah, I mean, there's been some sort of like evolution is is kind of signposted and milestoned by things that you notice right so if you talk about like um you know animal evolution or creature evolution of, of of nature you can kind of signpost things and you do it with you know the evolution of man and and particular things along the way like um standing upright you know learning to hunt uh developing tools that kind of thing um and there's been sort of similar milestones for me along this journey and a lot of kind of um coinciding events as well so like you know this week we're talking about yandles it was it was that that kind of kicked it all off for me and um you know steve talking about makers international and that again was the kind of one of the catalysts for me to um to build the shack in the way i did uh and and an evolution is kind of dictated by these external factors so if something happens you, you kind of need to evolve otherwise you just die um and that was something that's been going on for me in the past couple of years. So whether that's attending events, uh, learning new skills, um, meeting new people, you know, they're all kind of these like outside factors that add up um, and make kind of force me to change. So I'm very different to what I was doing right at the start. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think my, my aim of like humor was, was, has been consistent. Um, but the way I've done it and the way I go about it or the, the guys it takes is, is very much kind of evolved. So I remember you pointed out, Brett, like the, the bar video I did, um, which again was a very basic thing just because I needed a, a prop for work, but right. the, the, it allowed me to 
do something I've never done before, use tools and skills I've never done before. You know, it was my first time using like a router to actually use on a project properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, laminating up a, a workbench top, you know, there's all things that I'd, I'd not done before. So it, it required me to change and, and to, to develop my skills. But um, the actual delivery of the video as well, I think was like a milestone. It was like this, this kind of rhythm of part educational, part nonsense, part parody. Right. Um, and it, it, it felt like a kind of like a step up from the either complete piss take videos or just here, watch me make something videos. You know, the, my, my very first video was like me just pressing record while I'm yeah. you know, yeah. it, might, it might as well have been a, a Twitch stream. You know, it was, it was a couple of weekends and I built a shed from scratch. Um, you know, I, people might've wanted to watch that. I don't know. That was never my intent. Uh, it was more like, this is the start of my journey. It's weird. Cause like evol- evolution doesn't really have a start. You know, evolution always seems to be like something that happens along the way. But I, I very much see that, that as the start of this process, you know, like two years ago, before that, there was nothing. Yeah. No, there's nothing. And then <laughs> there was the big bang. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to use fucking, <laughs> you know, analogies like that in that <laughs> episode, but that for me was the beginning. Uh, and since then I've seen all these, these steps and these changes and, and, you know, deciding to kind of try and do more things with kids, try and do more kind of community stuff, you know, it was like my my target at one point was like, oh, I'll get a video out once a week because that's what everybody does and that's that's how you become a successful content producer. Whereas like now my energies are like, no, do what I can in whatever guise. You know, if it means yeah. you don't hear me hear from me for a month, but I've been, you know, doing something worthwhile. <laughs> you might not see a post about it or a stream about it, but that's what I'm about. Like it, it's about yeah. me using creativity to in whatever guise and whatever means. So mm-hmm. there's, there's been a lot of changes along the way, uh, and I think there's going to be loads more to come. I think that's the yeah. beauty of evolution. I think a few episodes back we talked about change, and I think it's a very different thing. So yeah, evolution is this this ever rolling ball and this constant kind of betterment and um adaption i guess yeah i see i see i see in your stuff brett you know going from you know lots of leather work and you know storytelling and different stuff to metal work and really kind of absorbing that and becoming almost like like a chameleon you know it's like being able to suddenly turn your hand to things because then you can really commit it's not right it's not just dipping your finger in it's like right now i live in this world and it's it's that that that's why I see is evolution anyway. Yeah, because I, I think that's um, that's a really good way of putting it. Uh, the fact that it's that they are two very different things, and for me, I kind of see the uh, the idea of change is something that you're uh, you're consciously aware of. It's a decision that you yeah. make to change. I need to change my seeds, or I need evolu- to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas evolution is just it's it's a natural thing. It's it's not even a conscious decision. It's just all of a sudden you realize that, you know, you're, you're doing things differently. You're not worried about putting a video out um, every week, every month, every whatever. Yeah. Like, um, that's the thing. Cause I think it, it, like, didn't happen, it didn't happen with a conscious decision. It didn't happen overnight. 
it it just it just happens to be that yeah. that you know I find myself doing one thing, then another thing, then three things, and then the next time, next thing you know, it like oh, that's what I'm doing now. You know, it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like I sat <laughs> down and made a plan. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like it, it even with the excuse me, even with the the podcast itself. Like I um I never intended for it to have the uh the the kind of thing about it that it's got now like um at the weekend having people come up and and talk to us about the impact that it's had on them um and there's this kind of uh almost responsibility that goes that goes with that um and that was that was never like something that i you know i i ever thought was 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 going to be part of it it was certainly nothing i ever aimed for um and and i think that's kind of down to the fact that you know i got or sorry, the, the the three of us ended up getting together on the podcast, um, and the kind of uh, the community around it that we um, we created, and like especially within the like the Facebook group and and the people that are um, that are heavily involved with with what we do. Yeah, um, there's some really good people, and it, it's it's made me be more conscious of uh, of the impact that that it can have. So I. I tend to, although you probably wouldn't believe it if you listen to the podcast, um, I tend to think a little bit more about what I say before I say it when I'm on it now. Um, and uh, and kind of don't try and give, uh, I don't want to say don't try and give bad advice because we give loads of bad advice, but kind of that, um, like, I'm, I, I think it's it's quite apparent that we don't try and tell anyone how to live their life or what videos they should and shouldn't be putting out or anything like that. And and not that we would have done that in the first place, but I think I'm just more kind of aware of that now, if that makes sense. Well, for, for me, that yeah, absolutely. And even seeing the group and how it's evolved. So, yeah, you know, I, think, I think when we first, like, opened the doors and said, right, come in, it's basically just like it's like the show, but on Facebook, <laughs> and you can <laughs> tell jokes and be that stuff. Um, and it, it has evolved and it's grown, and now there's people in there kind of setting up initiatives and you know asking yeah. for help about things and wanting to do community work and you know and it, it's become this own little petri dish in its own right, and, and nobody nobody is directing it i think i yeah. think that was your 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 distinction steve and what i really like about that is that it's not it's not particularly evolution is not necessarily a conscious thing it's just yeah. it's like a, it's like a byproduct of, of stimuli and, and of um circumstance you know so so the the the, the group I, I love seeing it develop and 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 evolve and, and and become much more than we ever intended it to be i think that's the beauty of it yeah yeah, if something evolves, it's like you never, you never thought it was going to be that. Never, you know, I never thought I was going to be doing this, or building that, or making this. Um, yeah, it's all just happening because of all the things that are going on around me. Yeah, definitely. I and, had a conversation with my mom. That's perfect. <laughs> so, really sorry, good, I had to delay. Really then. good delay on Steve. Awesome. So I had a conversation with my ma over the weekend. And she she goes, don't get upset that I commented on your video. I was just really 
I was really taken <laughs> back for a moment because I would have never thought you would have grown up to, you know, be blacksmithing and doing all this metal work with anvils and stuff. And she's like, you didn't grow up around any of that stuff. No exposure to it whatsoever. And I think the first time I saw an anvil in person, I was was at the first blacksmithing class I took like five years ago. And uh, it was a silly little conversation where she was just, you know, she was doing her old proud mama thing. But uh, the fact that of all the, the changes and the weird, weird happenstances that have occurred over the last few years, it's nice to have those evolutionary moments, right? Like if you were, if you were to draw the, if you were to draw the Darwin evolution, but of, you know, Al or Steve or myself or the podcast, like what would that image look like? Where it's like the ape and then slightly walking upright and then the guy with the spear and then modern day man. What does that look like? Like it would have been me sat on a couch with a sketch pad ahead of me or in front of me (laughs) to sitting in front of a computer to then holding a hammer at a fabrication shop and then holding a video camera and then what, like an and me on an anvil with a camera pointed at it. Like it's a weird series of images that almost don't seem to make any sense. If you just try and take it at a bite size, uh, like silhouette, right? You just, what does this moment in life look like? Boom. Or what do you look like at this moment in life? But that's, 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 sorry, Steve, just to jump in. That's a really good question because none of, none of any evolutionary things make sense in isolation. No. They only make sense along that journey. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to the Berlin Zoo and saw the pandas. And pandas have a sixth digit on their hands, and it's like a sort of side thumb that doesn't it doesn't protrude. It's like under the skin, but it helps them to like scoop bamboo. What? So, but without the understanding of what happened and how their diet changed, and you know, going from carnivorous to eating stuff that just basically ruins their life. Um, then developing an extra appendage to to help them shovel more bamboo in their mouths like it it makes no sense on on its own so seeing you with an anvil and a camera just in isolation doesn't make sense unless you see that timeline Mm -hmm. and then you're like oh that's interesting oh fuck that's when that changed what you know you met this person he was a blacksmith then he got excited you know so yeah. I, I, it's much more compelling when you see those different stages of Brett. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because uh, like that's a a, a really good um, way of looking at it. Because I I was going to say something similar, but just with what's actually behind Brett at the moment, um, the fact that you know all of the little things that are going on in the ship shop, like <laughs> anyone, the weirdness. Any, yeah, any one of them on its own, and it's kind of like, well, what the fuck is that about? But then, like, because I, I can remember the first video of Brett Servisall was uh, him helping Jimmy move some of his stuff to the new shop. And the thing that I remember about it was the um, the uh, the infinite impossibility drive uh, making the 
his pickup truck just bloop, 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 disappear oh, right. yeah. and then <laughs> bloop, bloop, reappear at, at the next location. And I remember watching that and going, that was a, a funky little weird thing to have put in, but like I get the reference. So I can't, I, I think I might like this guy. And uh think, and then, and then watching like his videos now and being like, holy shit. Like the, the difference in, in, um, in quality in like the, the way that they're thought out, but it's, it's the fact that, you know, that, that first video with that, just a little bit of, of oddness to it. Um, just to kind of show a little shimmer of, of who Brett is through to the videos now where it's like, no, fuck you. I'm a weird pirate dude. I don't give a shit what you think. Bollocks to it. <laughs> and like, I'm going to make a broom. That, <laughs> yeah. Like that evolution of, um, of like, oh, maybe, maybe I can show a little bit of my own personality in this video to my videos are about my, me and about my personality. Like, and I think this, it's a really fucking beautiful uh, evolution to go through all that. And like, now looking at the ship shop, I can look at it and I can go, oh, I remember when that got made and I remember that video and I remember this. And um and like you say, but if if you just kind of uh any any one of those um things in isolation doesn't really make sense. But when you follow the story along, it's it all kind of interconnects. It's like, okay, I kind of get this this vibe to it now. Yeah. My life is super weird. <laughs> but I mean, no, there's, the, there's, there's more, there's more going on as well. Like, I, I, like, obviously this is, you know, this is episode a hundred and it's nice to talk about, you know, a bit of retrospect and, and, and how we've evolved and how the show's evolved. But, you know, I see, I see the landscape evolve like dramatically, you know, all the time. So the maker community, Every time I kind of delve into it, on a, whether it's on a daily basis or weekly basis, you know, there's so much changing. There's so much new shit going on. You know, yeah. ignore the trends, you know, ignore the viral shit. Um, but in terms of what people are doing, how people are approaching stuff, how people are learning um, techniques, you know, so it's not just the traditional way of doing stuff now. Everything's um, finding new approaches to stuff. So and. I, I used to talk about Steve Maker quite a lot in the past because um, he was kind of on this similar journey to me and had this background and, you know, always wanted to tinker with stuff and had some passions. But again, just seeing his shop evolve and seeing his skill set evolve and now he's making like props and, you know, yeah. little miniatures and stuff. And before that he was trying to get into welding and it's just – he wouldn't have that with all these, all this going on around him and, and everyone trying new things. And yeah. so for me, the, the evolution of this community is, is a massive driver um, because it, it, it keeps it interesting. It keeps it fresh. So like yeah. at the start of the show talking about Yandles, if it was just a woodworking show, I wouldn't have gone back. If it was just yeah. a wood turning show, I wouldn't have gone back. And I think those hobbies that people have, you know, I like doing wood turning like great i i wouldn't have the patience for that because it's not going anywhere it's like you know i make um beautiful replica wooden ships out of matchsticks like i absolutely appreciate it and it's fantastic yeah. and it's beautiful but if that's it <laughs> you know <laughs> how does it evolve oh i made a slightly bigger ship 
or I made a slightly yeah. more complicated chip. But what what excites me the most and what inspires me is people going, right, I'm going to totally fucking mix this up. I'm going to use these tools in a different way. I'm going to change these materials. I'm going to involve someone else, you know, collaborations. Hobbies are, you know, more often than not a personal thing. But the amount of time we see now people involving other people, yeah. doing collaborations, telling stories with other people, you know, um, having challenges. Like I'm going to challenge you to make this and I'm going to, you know, see if you do it differently to me. Mm-hmm. Um, this 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 landscape around us is evolving way quicker than, you know, any of us yeah. are. But then do you think that that's possibly because um, within this community, you've got so many people that have so many different interests. Like um, if you think traditionally, so pre, I should say pre-internet, but like, yeah, pre-internet, pre-maker community, people would have taken up a hobby like wood turning or blacksmithing or marketry or whatever. And, and they would have just kind of done that. They would have gone to a group, like maybe a local wood turners group or a local blacksmithing group. Um, and it would have just been uh, kind of um, just going over like that, that one particular hobby. Whereas with the maker community, it means that you're then getting so many other things fired at you all of the time. It's yeah. not, you know, if you, if you, if you look into it, it's not just uh, one aspect of, of the community. There's always, you're always getting it from all sides. Um and that kind of almost forces people to to be exposed to to new things and to try new things and like you say, get those collaborations going. You know, work with someone that works with a a different material. Um, like I at, at the Andal show, I got to to try wood turning for the first time ever with um, Andy from Turning the Wood, and hmm. it it was fucking ace. It was really good fun. <laughs> um, like I actually quite enjoyed it. Great time. Uh, I'm still always going to give. What? <laughs> Said you're a fucking traitor. Oh. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, oh, I was gonna... yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm still always going to give Woodturner shit, but it, <laughs> it was all right. Um, but yeah, like I, and I think that's one of the things I like about this community most because if I hadn't have got involved with the maker community and if I hadn't have, uh, have got involved with the podcast and with, everything that goes with it i don't think i would have ended up trying wood turning i wouldn't have ended up doing um like the few bits of woodwork that i occasionally do like i wouldn't have uh been so keen to try those things it, i right. would have just been like no i'm 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 a blacksmith i'm just gonna stick with just blacksmithing hmm. um and i was kind of wondering like for you guys if there's anything that you're uh surprised that you've tried out because it wasn't something that you like two years ago you wouldn't have ever thought you would have even uh had the opportunity to try it or the the desire to try it i mean that list is everything that i've done um (laughs) just quick answer but to go back to your original point i was going to try and jump in it's it's interesting to look at it from that perspective um and we've talked about the the fact that social media and the internet has obviously led to being able to ingest a lot more information or be able to have an understanding of these things so that you can try them out. Or if they interest you, you have more exposure to those things. Um, and similar to, you know, a couple of generations back when people worked the same job for 50 years and 
they were good at it or they weren't good at it doesn't really matter. But, you know, you had limited choices. You had limited choices in the people that you would meet, your your local community, the job that you did. And prior to that, it just gets smaller and smaller, right? Every aspect of the community or your tribe or the city that you live in, whatever, there's just very, very minimal choice in anything. And a lot of like you had to know somebody that knew the trade if you wanted to go into the trade and you were an apprentice for yeah. so long and blah, blah, blah. Nowadays, yeah, we are so overexposed with all of the possibilities. And because there's so many different personalities in it, you can latch on to, well, I don't, I don't really know if I jive with that guy that's a woodworker, but this guy makes me really interesting in woodworking or yeah. watching, <laughs> watching somebody like Ellen go from sewing and all of the videos when we first started watching her were just, you know, fabric craft. And then she makes a pair of Damascus snips on Habu's power hammer. Like, geez, how the <laughs> fuck did that happen? Well, all yeah. of that is the the exposure to the people. She met all these folks through the community. And, and it's a beautiful example to see how you can go from kind of living in the middle of nowhere in Scandinavia land to then being in Germany working on a power hammer to make snips for your sewing machine. It's I like knowing that that the the options are always going to be there because there are so many people producing content or putting pictures up there or sharing their knowledge. It's fantastic to know that tomorrow maybe something could could pique my interest. And even yeah. though I'm very focused on metalwork and the blacksmithing, because I, I genuinely do enjoy it a lot more than most of the other craft work that I've done, um, there is there is so much to learn in just this single craft that it, if this is what I chose to do the rest of my life, it would be never ending. Now, the evolution that would come along with the metalwork is is great, but adding in all of those extra aspects or or something like the broom specifically. I didn't really bring it up earlier, but I, I wanted to make a better broom because I'm sick of breaking brooms. And in my head, what made the most sense was to make it out of steel. But in actuality, like I probably could have carved that out of wood a lot faster. And it would have totally turned out different in terms of like the 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 quality or the, the structural integrity of it all, but it still would have been just another way to get to the same, uh, final form or, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Just the, the same form. Yeah. I, I wanted this shape to be done in it. It was my choice to do it in steel because it's just where my brain works right now, but the evolution will always go back and forth. I feel like, and, and there will be, steps that inspire me based on or that I'm inspired by based on what I'm seeing out there. Right. I would have never really even thought about making a knife to begin with. Honestly, I had no desire to make a knife. And then we had our silly little joke about Damascus and Al being a chef was like, you know what? I want to make a knife and I'm going to send it to Al and it's going to be ply steel because we can all have a good laugh at it. But there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of technique I needed to learn in that. And I burned off a piece, you know, when I first started out. But the evolution that came with that was uh, 
there's a lot of aspects of, of a dumb little project like that that ends up being some cool thing that I've never made before, sending it to Al. I got to watch him use it in person. You know, he made a video. So that that one little piece of kit ended up evolving into a video for me, a video for Al where he's like fake sausage cutting because he doesn't like aubergines. <laughs> all of that, all of that is so glorious and it comes out of nothingness. Like I took a knife making class five years ago and I never wanted to make a knife again. And here I am making a knife and sending it to Al so that he can cut food with it. Yeah. The evolution is brilliant. But you asked, you asked the question. I didn't answer your question at all. And I want to hear Al's answer to it. What was the question? (laughs) Uh, What, what thing have you done that, um, like in in the last two years, what's the, what's something that you've done or a skill that you've learned that two years ago you you never would have a or e- either thought possible or had the desire to do sort of thing? Um, I think it was always easy to make stuff from wood, so I've never been afraid of wood. And it, you know, there's something just like. I don't know if it's built into people, but it's very easy to to manipulate and to understand it. Um, so I was never sort of scared of it, and it was always the default material as a kid, even down to like you know little balsa wood and dowels and just gluing yeah. shit together. So I'm not really surprised by anything when it comes to wood, but things like leather and metal were never like on my radar. Um, yeah, they would. You know, I, I I'm very much a kind of like. I think of I think of what I do as like two and a half D, so like I'm a I'm a, <laughs> I'm a two D designer. So I did I I design you know illustrations and characters and identities and branding and logo and stuff, and I always have done since I was a kid. Yeah. And if ever I wanted to make a three D object, it was just a two D object extrapolated. You know, it was just like projection. I was never yeah. I never carved anything until until uh, Carolyn taught me how to do that hand for the bar. Yeah. I never, I never thought in three dimensions in that way into, you know, in terms of things I could produce, be it additive or reductive. Um, I never considered anything like that, but when you start to manipulate metal, particularly in, in smithing, that, that is what you're doing. You, you're working yeah. in three dimensions. Um, and, you know, working with leather, working with these materials that kind of, I don't know the, I guess there's a lot of it down your end, Steve, in, in the West Country. Um, in terms of blacksmithing, there's a lot of origin there. The, the yeah, water, yeah. A lot of that, where, I, where I'm from in Cumbria, um, you know, there's a bit of shipbuilding down in the in, in, in Barrow where they, they built a lot of the ships for the war, but I was never exposed to any of that. So I never I never yeah. really had any, same as you, Brett, like your mum being surprised by some, some, some metal work because you were never exposed to it as a kid. Um, so anything like that surprises me and that, you know, fabric work, like I, I was exposed to fabric as a kid and, and, and my mum was a seamstress. So that was never kind of alien to me. Um, I was always fixing my own clothes or amending my own clothes as a kid. So any opportunity to jump on a sewing machine, it's like, I don't, obviously I don't know what I'm doing as much as evident in most of the shit I do, (laughs) but it was comfortable to me. Whereas yeah. things I'd not done like leatherwork and metal, suddenly it's like this is a step up. This is this is a, a skill set that I have 
evolved and developed uh, yeah. which I didn't have before you know it's like I was a snake now I've got arms <laughs> so like something switched thumbnail yeah yeah it's, you know some little bit of my DNA has has, has been been activated mm-hmm. yeah um, and that that's you know I'm, I'm using leather and metal as, as an example because there were you know until until Redsmith and you Steve I'd never gone anywhere near it or thought or even thought about you know even considered yeah. things in my life like the only leather things I had was shoes and a belt and they were just functional things where all of a sudden <laughs> it's like yeah you can make anything out of leather leather is really durable you can use it for pouches and you know and, and all of a sudden I under, start to understand stuff it not just being there in the world it's like and now I'm interacting with it and being able to manip- manipulate it all of a sudden it's yeah. like right now it's part of my repertoire yeah yeah, no, I like that. And it is it is so weird to think about growing up, how everybody grew up, and what they were doing as a child, hobbies and whatnot, and realizing where we all are now. <laughs> Jess was a librarian. <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing now? And and Steve, I mean, you were a doorman since you were like five years old, but you know, to shift your line of work between IT and and blacksmithing full-time is a huge shift. Even though you were doing it while you were doing IT, um, to work yeah. with computers and something digital to going to like full analog handmade goods, that's such a, that's such a crazy step. There's one, there's one other I think thing. That... Sorry, Steve, just to answer your question again, video making. <laughs> Any any yeah. sort of content is an absolute evolutionary fucking milestone for me. Like, I had no desire to be on Instagram. I didn't have an Instagram account until my first post, which was the wood arriving for the Hack Shack. Yeah. That's the first post on my Instagram. So I'm not saying then all of us, then overnight I was a content creator. Never. <laughs> the only videos I ever made, the only films I ever made, were like me and my mates fucking around in the forest, yeah, you know, or like filming us when we're drunk. It was, ne- you know, a bit of like jackass, or whatever. So there was never a desire to to create content or to produce. You know, if I was going to do something or make something or build something, it would be for for first hand experience. So I'm going to have a barbecue. You can come to my barbecue. For me yeah. to suddenly go, I'm going to film something and edit it and voice it over and create effects and then let strangers watch it anywhere on the planet. That was like the the fundamental fucking pivotal like milestone for me. Yeah. And I'm not saying it is a big thing. I'm not saying it's a big deal or it's like biblical, but for me, that was never anything I intended to do. It was never a skill set I had. I don't even have the tools just using my SLR to shoot video. Yeah. You know, and it was just it was it was almost like a coincidence. It was just ha- it just happened to happen. Yeah. And then yeah. the next no, thing I, you know, I you kind of... up your YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just gonna say I kind of um uh mirror that sort of uh attitude. Like I, I had no no desire when I first started out to to do um content creation as such it was just kind of a like i've i've always enjoyed photography and um the idea of doing um videos i was like 
I kind of I kind of like this idea and and the style of videos that I do has completely changed and evolved as well. Um, and it, it was just like you say there, there was no uh, there was no intention with that first video. It was just a case of like I'm gonna film it and and see how it goes. And and now more often than not, I um, I actually film myself working uh, in the workshop quite a lot just to check technique and things like that yeah. because the amount of times i've um i've put a video out and i've looked at it and gone fucking hell wait what why why am i striking like that or standing like that or or whatever when like i it's uh, yeah so so quite often i i will do that but um but like i say the, the, there was never any intention to do the the whole content creator thing and the the idea of having a um uh, an instagram account uh, for me was just because i like taking photos so um so that was it like i at the time i started the uh, the account i i had no idea that there was such a thing as as content creators um and i think like it's it's through this community that that's like i've i've had that exposure um but just to go back to what uh brett was saying earlier on about uh me going from it to to door work uh fucking hell um, <laughs> Got him from uh, from IT to to blacksmithing. Like I I started off um, like I grew up on a farm. I was always working with my hands. I was always uh, I, I wouldn't say necessarily making stuff. But I was always fixing stuff. Um, I was always working with with some kind of of material, and uh, and I think like the the big change for me has gone from just bodging stuff together to actually uh like making something and and giving a shit about how it looks and not just if it fixes that mm. issue at the time it's yeah. there's there's like an aesthetic to it as well there's um like the, there's more than just uh the the very basic considerations to it um i think that that for me is one of my biggest um like evolutions through uh or since since then is the fact that i actually want to make things that that don't just work they work well they look good and whatever else and you're proud of them yeah right? prideful in your work so, i just i looked them? back <laughs> i looked back uh based on al bringing up the instagram thing i didn't I couldn't remember what the first thing I ever posted because Jimmy was the one that was like, you got to get on Instagram. I was like, ah, I don't do social media. Like, <laughs> I didn't even necessarily want to do a YouTube channel. And he, he kept pushing me to do like set up an Instagram account. Give, give the YouTube thing a try. You've already been doing video work, whatever. Very first thing I posted on Instagram was a cutting board. And I was, <laughs> I still have the cutting board because I put it on an Etsy shop that I started. I was like, I'm going to make cutting boards. Never sold. It's been like two years. I don't even know if the Etsy site is still there, but never got rid of that cutting board. And then I know I gave one of them to my, my friend Alex's now wife. Um, and then it's just, it's so funny. I'm I'm like scrolling back through this and it's like ice picks. I helped buff ice picks it's one of my first photos that I put up. I'm like, holy shit. Now I've made thousands of those things from scratch. Um, yeah. Wow. That was just three years ago. 
look how far we've gone. I was really proud of making a a cutting board, like a rectangle out of wood. That's all it was. (laughs) And I've met so many people that make beautiful cutting boards, or I've seen, you know, photos online of these people that just are wizards with blocks of wood and beautiful geometry and using grain lines in such a way. And to know that that's not the path I chose. It wasn't, I made a cutting board. I want to be the best cutting board maker. It's like I got yeah. exposed to so many things so early on once I started to really embrace the the maker stuff and the maker dynamic or sorry, God, stop saying dynamic. The maker community <laughs> and uh, online platforms and social media stuff as much as I can grump out about them. They fed me so much knowledge and inspiration yeah. over the last couple of years. I cannot believe it. It's crazy. But I think that's that's one of the things is by just by being involved within the community and, and by involved, I literally just mean like speaking to the other people that are out there doing those things, communicating with them, sharing ideas and things like that, like that, that in itself and, and interacting with the other people in this community and watching their videos and, and things like that, that helps you evolve. Uh, well, it helps you evolve more and it helps you evolve quicker. Like I, I think that um, just just by being exposed to so much uh, other stuff um, has a massive impact on people. Um, not all of it is going to be positive because there's obviously going to be uh, the negatives of of you know looking at, at someone else's stuff and, and that whole uh, comparing yourself to others thing. But that's that's a whole subject on its own. But I think by and large, um, getting getting involved with the community um being uh being open to it and and like diving in both feet first like i think that is the best thing that you can do if you want to uh evolve who you are as as a member of the community and just as a maker in general um and that i think is spiffing Uh, what's the order? Bass. 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 Brett, that's you. Yeah, I'm first. So I binge watched throughout. Is it called binging if you do it over like nine days? I what? guess not, right? Uh, no. Binge watch. <laughs> so I watched all of the new Dark Crystal thing show awesomeness on Netflix. And. Honestly, from from the standpoint of evolution, seeing a concept and an idea evolve from something that's 30 years old now um, was really interesting because whether or not you liked the original movie or even if you have some likes or dislikes about the, the newest series, I think it's super, super interesting if you can look at it from an analytical standpoint to see how the technologies involved, evolved, the costuming, the puppetry, everything. Um, because I was such a fan of the original movie when I was young, watching through this new series with, I don't know, I wasn't really just watching it for the show. I was definitely trying to see how they built all their scenes and focus on how the puppets were created and, and all the props and everything like that. 
Um, so it's not a specific person, but I, I would like people to maybe see how the concepts from something 30 years ago translate into new technology and all of the things that we've learned and all of the things that the puppeteers have learned, the design department, the, the prop makers and everything. Uh, it's a really, really awesome way to see how productions evolved and how, I don't know, execution is done nowadays. I, I would spiff the, the new dark crystal and everyone involved because I know them all personally. <laughs> nice. Go watch it. Go maybe uh, give the original a watch if you haven't seen it and, and see how things have changed. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Uh, I can't say whether that's a good shout or not because I've not actually seen it yet. Uh, all right. But it sounds like I should. Al, what about you? Um, I'm going to go with something similarly sort of retrospective in order to fully appreciate the evolution. Um, and it's the Sony Walkman. Because it, it has been um, 40 years of the Sony Walkman. So obviously it was kind of brought back into our sphere of awareness uh, with uh, Star-Lord having it in the Guardians yes. of the Galaxy film, uh, the original. Uh, I can't remember the model name, shame on me. Um, but Adam Savage recently built a, a mock-up one for his uh, cosplay of Star-Lord. And it's an iconic you know, piece of kit, um, groundbreaking in terms of being able to sort of you know, take music with you on a go and have this personal device. Um, but I love Walkman through the ages, you know, from from having a, a cassette and having a, a CD Walkman, you know, so never fit in a pocket. You say that, but they got they got pretty damn fucking small with the CD Walkmans to the point where it was like this is you know just a bit bigger than a CD, and yeah. there, was some, there was some fat jeans in the nineties, Steve. You know, you didn't have pockets that would fit. I could fit a, a ghetto blaster in my jeans. Um, <laughs> through to mini disc, which is my favorite format of all time. I fucking yeah. love Sony mini disc Walkmans. Um, up to you know the the the, the sort of the dawn of of MP3 uh, and having what they call the network Walkmans, which went through a bit of a rough period, but now have kind of plateaued out of this really beautiful high end audio experience. Um, but yeah, forty years of just this magnificent engineering, um, and there's there's a really interesting exhibition in Japan where they've got all the Walkmans, and you can see literally like like you can in a museum, you can see the evolution of this thing and and the different stimuli that created it, and you know, get going from different media to different media, and then getting rid of it completely. Uh, it's just a really interesting journey. Um, yeah, and it's nice to be able to see it from start to kind of finish i guess um see that whole that whole journey mm-hmm. uh, and if you haven't seen adam's video just go and watch it because it's just a really fun insight into again he obviously loves that object yeah as something iconic and um yeah tony walkman nice. way to go good job cool uh well i'll tell you what i'm gonna stick with the non-person theme then and i am gonna shout out or oh, spiff sorry uh, the Samurai Jack um, t- uh, TV series because it's fucking glorious uh, from start to finish. Um, I love the way that it uh, it did evolve. Um, like the last, it's so distracting having you smiling like a <laughs> idiot 
whilst I'm trying to talk. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's a beautiful show. Um, it's really well written, really well drawn. Um, it was one no, of the no, first no. shows that I ever saw. It was one of the first shows that I ever saw that um, that really made me take uh, animated um, shows seriously. Um, and the fact that they can, like, they're not just goofy, fun, like Rick and Morty sort of thing. Like, they're <laughs> they can they can evoke real emotion, sort of thing. No, I, rem- um, I remember showing my mum, uh, right, Jack, when I was a kid, and I was like, just yeah. listen, just listen to it. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "What, what are you on about?" And I was like, "Just listen." <laughs> yeah, and I was like, like, "No cartoon has ever had like." Sound design like this. This is stunning. Yeah, <laughs> like I, it's it's funny. I was just about to bring up the uh, the is it the three blind archers episode? Oh, um, oh my god! That's one of the greatest bits of television ever made, and um, and and yeah, this is this is a kids show. But mm-hmm. then it, it it ran for what four seasons? Yep. and then it it evolved. Uh, with the final fifth season um, that was released 10 years after the yep. fourth season finished, I think. Um, and yeah, Jack himself had changed. He'd evolved. Um, the, the, the theme of the show had, had changed. Um, and, and the way that it was shot and the, it's really hard to describe without uh, offering a couple spoilers, but no spoilers, please. But there's, there's, yeah, there's certain things about it that if you've watched the first four seasons, you'll watch the fifth one, and there's a couple moments where you just go, "Oh shit!" Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's fucking brilliant. So if you haven't seen Samurai Jack, I would strongly suggest you watch it from start to finish because it's glorious uh yeah that's it uh any other business i have two bits of business uh but do you guys have any thank you for sticking with us for 100 episodes anyone that's listening thank you thank you 12 more (laughs) yeah i've got to do at least 12 more to make my to make my 100th happen so oh yeah (laughs) Um, so yeah, two bits quickly from me. Uh, well, I suppose three bits really. Uh, as Brett said, I'm going to be out um, there acting as his temporary replacement. Um, so uh, that I'm looking very much forward to working with uh, underscore Chris underscore Cash underscore. Um, uh, <laughs> and uh, also, uh, I just want to give a big shout out and congratulations to matt from mattberry customs who this week um shared on social media that he is in remission so yay go matt yeah 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 uh one final thing uh next week we are taking a little bit of a break just to sort some stuffs out so there won't be a show next week but rest assured 101 will be glorious as uh, Eric would say. Um, so yeah, that's it. Anything from you guys? No, no, cool. No, I'm, I'm assuming that 
Ali's also shaking his head, but my screen's frozen, so I don't know. Uh, right. Thank you for the last 100 episodes, and we look forward to seeing you on the next several. Bye! Bye. You can find us all online at foolsandtools.com slash alshazik slack check. Ah, shit, yeah.